Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Peace and blessings, everyone out there. Peace and blessings. Uh, we are getting started now on the radio. Welcome you, brothers and sisters. We'll get started in one moment. Those of you who are out there right now, we're asking you to um, let us know where you are watching from. Let us know where you are watching from. We want to say peace and blessings to each and every one of you. Um, Thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. We're asking for those of you who are watching and viewing right now to let us know where you are watching and viewing from. Again, welcome to the Bible Show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. I am your host and teacher for the evening, Brother Black Ice, um, DeAndre Hawthorne, minister of the Bible class, Truth Hour. I want to say peace and blessings to Team Truth Hour, who's watching out there. Let's see who we have, Sister Linda Israel. Let us know where you are watching from. Sister Shatia Love is tuning in from Pennsylvania. Welcome to our show. Sister Day Israel, let us know where you are tuning in from and watching from. Sister Krista Wells. Representing Team Truth Hour is tuning in from Raleigh, North Carolina. Mike Pippins is tuning in from Saginaw, Michigan. Grace and peace, my beloved family, in Jesus' name. Checking in. Uh, Let's see. Brother John Ben Israel is tuning in from Lafayette, Louisiana. Sister Cheryl Thomas, let everybody know where you're tuning in from. Sister Linda Israel tuning in from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Uh, Let's see. Sister Cheryl Thomas. Dallas, Texas, Brent, Alabama. Uh, that's Brother Brandon Stabler who's tuning in. I want to say peace and blessings to you also as well. We're going to deal with planting the seeds of salvation tonight, brothers and sisters, on the Bible Show Truth Hour here on on, on the four-time National Award-winning POET Radio. Uh, Sister Key Israel is tuning in from Virginia Beach, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And let's see who we have tuning in, and I'm going to ask everyone to share this live feed that you're watching right now. Please share this live feed. Let's see who else we have tuning in. Peace and blessings to each and every one of you. It seems like Tuesdays are so far apart now (laughs) when we're doing this um, Bible class, brothers and sisters, but thank God that... um, He allows us to have this platform. Real stuff. Tuning in from Houston, Texas. Peace and blessings. Real stuff. 
let's see who else we have out there. For those who just tuned in, if you tuned in for the first time, you tuned in to the Bible Show Truth Hour here on the POET Network. Our lesson for today is planting the seeds of salvation. Let's see who else we have here. Brother L1 tuning in from the South Side Chicago, 79th and Carpenter, 079 PC, CPT. Peace and blessings to you, my brother. Let's see who else we have out here. If you guys could hit that share button one time for us, we definitely we would appreciate it. We have uh, just a couple of minutes before we start. Sister Crystal Horton tuning in from Kalamazoo, Michigan. He says grace and peace in Jesus' name, everyone. All right, Baltimore, Maryland is in the building. Sister Sherry Doherty um, Nelson is in the building. We appreciate you. I am sending messages out as well as we are reading off those who are tuning in on the Facebook live feed. And thank you so much. So some of you all might get a text message for me to tune in also as well. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Sister Debbie Palmer. I want to thank you, Sister, for tuning in to the Bible Show Truth Hour this evening. Welcome. Welcome and welcome. We're talking about the seeds of salvation. Thank you, Brother L1, who's um, shared the live feed. And for those who just tuned in, please help us and share. Get this word out. Uh, Malachi, Israel, peace and blessings to you. Peace and blessings to you and your household. Where are you tuning in from? Let people know where you're tuning in from. We are lifting this plane off the ground. Ascending in the air, getting ready to start the Bible show Truth Hour here on POET Radio. Sister Key Israel, if you could, um, send me the What We Believe in my personal inbox, or you can send it in the Truth Hour page also as well. Let's see who we have. L. Cajun, California. Hmm. Yeah, that says L. Cajun, California. All right, that's my first time um, seeing that right there. Sharing to a couple of more people. And we are just about ready to get started, brothers and sisters, on this Bible show, Truth Hour, here on POET Radio. Let's see. San Diego. Okay. All right. That's San Diego. All right. Suburb of San Diego. We appreciate you for that. Uh, let me just get a couple of more shares out, and then we're about to stand up and face the east, and then we'll get straight into our prayer, brothers and sisters. And again, I want to say thank you for tuning in. The share button. Start a watch party. My page. Right. I hope everyone's week has been well. 
And again, I thank you and I appreciate each and every one of you. Team Truth, I would check in. Give me some, um, give me some hearts. Give me some thumbs ups. Give me some love. Dallas, Texas is in a building, and Houston, Texas is in a building. Texas, come on at the same time. Look at y'all. <laughs> it's a group. Blackthorns. Okay, everyone, we are we're about ready. We're going to stand up and face the east and um, hit that share button one more time for us. And we're going to go ahead and get ready for this powerful lesson tonight, Planting the Seeds of Salvation. This is a lesson that's been done before, um, but there are some times and there are some lessons that I am asked to um, do again or we are asked to do again as far as the um, Team Truth Hour family. So let's go ahead, stand up, face the east, and then we're going to go ahead and get into um, our what we believe, and we're going to get our YouTube up and running and get right into our lesson today, which is planting the seeds for salvation. Dear Father God, we come to you humbly, Father God, and we say first and foremost, thank you, Father God. Thank you for this platform. Thank you for this format. And most of all, thank you for your word, Father God. That is your literal word, and that is your son, Father God. Thank you for sending them to us, Father God, so that we may learn how to gain salvation and save ourselves. We know that this world and this life, Father God, is temporary. It's almost like a flower, the Bible says, that is planted and plucked up, Father God. The Bible says that man is only a, <clears throat> of a few days and full of trouble, Father God. So we know that this life eventually will end, but we look forward to a life more everlasting, a life more abundant, Father God. And this is why we come to learn your word so we can discipline ourselves in your word, strengthen ourselves in your word, Father God, and so we may walk in your word. We ask that you cover this lesson, cover everybody who's watching and listening to this lesson tonight, Father God that they may be edified and that you may be glorified in your mighty son, Jesus, Yeshua name. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, we're going to go ahead and start our YouTube feed in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Peace and blessings, YouTube. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Bible Show Truth Hour here on the four-time national award-winning POET radio. We are dealing with planting the seeds of salvation tonight. Planting the seeds of salvation tonight, brothers and sisters. We're talking about the seed of curiosity, the seed of confirmation, watering the seed, and preparing for the harvest. And let me go over that again. We're talking about planting the seed of curiosity, the seed of confirmation, watering the seed, and preparing for the harvest. This is what we're talking about tonight on the Bible Show Truth Hour. What does this have to do with you? What does this have to do with your salvation? And how can we utilize this, brothers and sisters? as we move forward to get closer to God, to get more into his word, and to also learn how to live forever through everlasting life. That's what we're talking about today on the Bible Show Truth Hour. Mm -hmm. Let's go over what we believe. 
The Truth Hour Bible Class is an online social media Bible-based ministry. We teach the uncut word of God as it is written in the Bible, line upon line, precept upon precept, Isaiah 28 and 10. Our mission is to lead as many souls to Jesus the Christ so that through the word of God and the keeping of the commandments, they may receive everlasting life. Our motto is, if you cannot read it, then do not believe it. Here's what we believe. Number one, we believe in the name of Jesus. We have no dispute with the other uses of the other names of Jesus. We know Yahshua, Yahweh, and various other names. We have no problem with the Hebrew version of the name. We have no problem with the Latin version of the name. We choose to use the English version of the name because, brothers and sisters, our people speak English. Number two, what we believe. We believe that Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. Number three, we believe in the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. Okay? It's in the Ten Commandments. The book of Exodus does the 20th chapter. So we believe in the Sabbath day. Number four, we believe in the seven feast days of the Lord, as listed in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. So if you really want to know and learn what we're supposed to be keeping and what we're supposed to be celebrating, then the Lord has seven feast days that he commands us to keep and he commands us to celebrate, which is in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter. Number five, what we believe. We believe that we the so-called African-American and those who were spread throughout the four corners of the world through, through the transatlantic slave trade are indeed the Israelites and the children of Israel that the Bible wrote and spoke about and that the Lord's statutes, laws, and commandments apply to us. Number six, we believe that we must still keep the law to the best of our ability, and that's according to the knowledge that we have. Some of us may not have the full knowledge of the laws and the statutes and the commandments, but as we know more, we learn more, we can do more, brothers and sisters. Number seven, we believe that we must keep the Lord's dietary law according to Leviticus, the 11th chapter. No pork, no catfish, no shrimp. Snail, lobster, or any of those things in Sister Key Israel, maybe we should do the dietary law next week on the Bible Show Truth Hour. But Leviticus, the 11th chapter, is the law of the beast that you may eat and that you may not eat. Did you know that the Lord had a dietary law? Has a dietary law? Uh. Number eight, we believe that both the scriptures, the Old Testament, and the testimony, the New Testament, must be used when teaching the Word of God. You can't be a New Testament Christian or an Old Testament scholar alone. You must be both. Number nine, we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service, Sunday Sabbath uh, or church, Sunday church um, originated with the Romans. The Roman Emperor Constantine in the Council of Nicaea, the Lord said, keep my Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. So we don't believe in Sunday Sabbath service. We don't believe in the Trinity doctrine. The Bible does not say that there are three gods. It does say that there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. 
but it doesn't say God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a God. Book of John 1 and 1 says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So it does give us two that are in the Godhead, but it does not give us three. So we do not believe in the Trinity. We do not believe in the cross or images um, that pertain to religion. We do not believe in holidays that originated in, in the worship of idol gods, such as Easter, Christmas, or New Year's. And there are several others, brothers and sisters. These are anti or against God or anti-Christ according to the Bible. Number 10, we believe that salvation through Jesus is for all people, no matter what race, color, ethnicity, or nationality, according to Revelation 7, chapter, verse 9. Let's go ahead and get into our lesson, brothers and sisters. Please go get your Bibles and open those Bibles up, because again, this is a Bible class, so watching it and listening to it is one thing, but learning where you can find these scriptures and write them down if you don't have your Bible with you so you can go back, because there may be something that you hear that you didn't know was there, and you want to share it with somebody, so you got to go and take them to it, all right? Planting the seeds of salvation. There are so many people who need the truth of the book, brothers and sisters. Because they don't know what to believe. They believe that the Bible was written by the white man. They believe that uh, Christianity is the white man's religion. They believe anybody could take a book and twist the words of it or interpret it to mean whatever they want it to mean if you don't pick it up and read it yourself. But we know that this book was inspired by God, written by holy men, and how can a book that talks about the downfall of these modern-day empires and governments be written by these modern-day emperors and presidents and governments? But because you haven't picked it up and read it, you believe that it's written by the very people who have used it to oppress us. So this is a very misunderstood book. But you long for truth. You desire to know truth and to have truth. Turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew, the ninth chapter. But there's not enough of us who teach the truth of this book. And let's show you why. It was already prophesied that this thing would happen. Let's go to Matthew, the ninth chapter, verses 35 through 38. Matthew, the ninth chapter, verses 35 through 38. Let's see what Jesus said, brothers and sisters. And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. So what was Jesus doing? He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. So what is the gospel? It's the good news. It's the preaching of the coming of the kingdom of God. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And that's what's going here. We got people that's practicing this religion and practicing that religion and going here and going there. If we all got the same book, then why are we scattered? Why is it that we don't know what to believe or what to think or why, brothers and sisters? 
Because as the Bible says, Jesus said, we are scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd, having no good teacher over us. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. Why are we talking about harvesting? Harvesting is dealing with agriculture. Agriculture is dealing with land and seeds and planting. So this is why we're talking about planting the seeds of salvation on tonight's brothers show, brothers and sisters. We're talking about planting the seed of curiosity. Because first, brothers and sisters, somebody's going to come to you and share this word with you, and you're going to say, ah, it sounds good, but, you know, ah, I don't really, that ain't what I've been taught. That ain't what my mama told me. That ain't what my grandmama told me. I hear what you're saying. It sounds like it makes sense, but... It's different and it's contrary from what my mama told me, what my grandmama told me. So when you hear that, brothers and sisters, you might be curious because the seed of curiosity has been planted. And then somebody's going to come behind that person and plant the seed of confirmation. They're going to say the same thing that that person said to you that got you curious and then... They're going to give you a little bit more information to confirm what you had already heard. And then that's going to start your journey. Your eyes are going to come open. You're going to say, oh, now I see and now I understand. And sometimes that usually happens after you've lost someone close to you. It usually happens when you've gone through something and now you're emotionally open to receive. What thus saith the Lord. But sometimes when we're doing real good and we got everything going on and it's okay and nothing is happening in our life that's of trauma or stress or trouble, we don't want to hear nothing. We think we got it all figured out. But after that person comes and plants the seed of confirmation, then somebody else comes behind them and they water the seed. They begin to give you more truth on top of the truth that you've already had, taking you places in the Bible where you can read yourself. It's something different from listening to truth, from reading the truth for yourself. It's a different kind of watering that's going on right there, brothers and sisters. And then you're going to start to sit under a pastor, a good teacher, who's going to start preparing you for the harvest. What is the harvest, brothers and sisters? We'll read about that a little bit later on in our show. But let's talk about the seed of curiosity right now. Turn your Bibles to the book of Hebrews, the fifth chapter. Hebrews, the fifth chapter. Let's talk about the seed of curiosity. Turn your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews, the fifth chapter. Talking about the seed of curiosity. That's where we want to go first. Hebrews, the fifth chapter. Now, some people will believe what they have been told or taught without question or without scriptures to back it up. And that's what we're dealing with a lot of today. Well, my pastor told me, my mama told me, well, show it to me. Well, I don't know where I can find it at, but they told me that. 
So the first place I would like to visit, again, is Hebrews, the fifth chapter, brothers and sisters. Hebrews, the fifth chapter, verses 12 through 14. And you've got to learn this and you've got to know this for yourself. Hebrews, the fifth chapter, verses 12 through 14. And it reads, for when the time you ought, for when, for when, for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. So a lot of times we see people and we want to give them heavy stuff. Knowing that they're going to church on Sunday, they're not keeping the Sabbath day. Knowing that they're eating pork and catfish and going to Red Lobster, getting lobster. We, we see them doing it. And the first thing we want to do is tell them, you ain't supposed to be doing that. Right? Mm-hmm. And then they got their walls up. They got their defense mechanisms up. Who you think you are? What you doing in your life? Then they want to throw it back on you. You ain't doing everything that you're supposed to be doing either. Brothers and sisters, what I normally do when I talk to people who I'm first introducing to the truth, I normally start easy with them. I normally start with the months of the year and explain to them that the month of October is actually the eighth month of the year because every word that starts with oct means eight, octagon the shape of a stop sign, eight sides. Octopus has eight tentacles. Well, if oct means eight when it comes to an octagon, if oct means eight when it comes to an octopus tentacles, then why can't oct mean eight when it comes to the month October? And then I take them to December, D-E-C. Every word that begins with D-E-C means ten. Learn the etymology and the root of these words, brothers and sisters. A decade, D-E-C, is 10 years. A decathlon, D-E-C, is 10 races. A decimal point, D-E-C, is rounding to the nearest tenth. So when you get to the month of December, why does that mean 12? They say, oh, man, that makes sense. Well, why do we celebrate New Year's in January? And I say, well, you know, the Romans, who you, you, you get a lot of your information from, they have a god that they named the month of January after. And that God's name is Janus. So when we're celebrating New Year's, we're celebrating the God Janus, the Roman God Janus, who has two faces, one looking towards the past and one looking towards the future. And you need to know these things, brothers and sisters, because we sit there and we go to church on December the 31st, thinking that we're going to church on what is called New Year's Eve. And you're going to church bringing in the 11th month of the year because you don't know no better. So the question I ask, are you going to be in church on the on God's New Year's Eve day? Well, when is God's New Year's Eve day? Well, let's go to the Bible and find out when, when, when the Passover is. Why do you want to know when the Passover is? Because the Lord said in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, verses 4 and 5, that the Passover was the 14th day of the first month at evening. So if Passover falls on this particular day, you subtract 14 days and you got day one. 
of God's new year. And if you take one more day off of that, you got God's New Year's Eve. Are you going to be in church on that day? Well, I don't want, then, you know what I'm saying? Then, so, but sharing things like that, making them interested, giving them milk first, because as this says right here, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. So when you are going to a baby in the knowledge Going to a baby in the word of God, you've got to use milk because they are unskilled, brothers and sisters. You can't give them meat. 14, Hebrews 5 and 14, but strong meat belongs to them who are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. These people don't even know the difference between good and evil. They don't know that Christmas is evil, and it is the origin of an idol god, that they're not supposed to be putting trees in their home, as it says in Jeremiah, the 10th chapter, and decorating those trees. They don't know the difference between good and evil, but Satan knows, because he is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So, brothers and sisters, I am inviting you into tonight's show. I am giving you a little bit of information at a time. I am going to the scriptures to show you what the word of God says and how you can apply that word when it comes to you teaching, when it comes to you sharing the word of God. Just don't condemn your brother or your sister. They don't know any better. They have a sincere heart to learn the word of God. They just have not been taught. Turn your Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. We're talking about planting the seed of curiosity. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. Turn your Bibles. Please follow with us. Write these scriptures down because this is how we learn the word of God. When someone in our family, one of our friends or associates, or co-workers, comes to us, we must be careful not to give them too much at one time. I've seen my brothers and sisters, and they just pound and pound and pound with information. In 10 minutes, you didn't told them about the genealogy of the children of Israel. You didn't told them about the coming of Jesus. You didn't told them about the three and a half year great tribulation period. You didn't told them about the blessing and the curse. You didn't told them about in 10 minutes. How much are they going to retain this information? Give them something to plant so you can plant the seed of curiosity in them. And again, brothers and sisters, we have to get away from vanity. I'm talking about us teachers. We got to get away from vanity. We want to be the one to say that we converted this brother. We converted this sister. You may not be that one, brothers and sisters. Your job may be only to plant the seed of curiosity. God will send another person to plant the seed of confirmation. Don't worry about trying to do it all. Just do your part. Just do your part. We must be careful not to tear down their spirit. Oh, you going to hell. I've been told that before. Some of the uh, Jehovah's Witness brothers and sisters asked me, um, 
do you believe in the truth or something of something of that sort because they call their religion the truth. And if you have a difference of opinion as it relates to their particular doctrine, then some of them have said, well, you're going to hell. We have condemned our brothers and our sisters for not knowing the truth, not even giving them the benefit of the doubt that they have been mistaught. And people will defend the lie because my mama told it to me. My, my grandmama told it to me. They couldn't have been telling me an untruth. They didn't know any better themselves. So you have to take into consideration and use the wisdom that maybe they have been mistaught. And you have to be patient with the brothers and the sisters, brothers and sisters, not to tear them down. Let's go to the book of 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. Let's read verses 1 through 11. 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, verses 1 through 11. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal even as unto babes in Christ, because they're babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for here, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither, you, neither yet now are you able, for you are yet carnal. But whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal? And walk as men? For while one saith, I am Paul, and another I am Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. I have planted, I have planted, I have planted, verse 6, Apollos watered. Well, wait a minute. Brothers and sisters, you might plant. Another might water. Get yourself out of the way. Don't worry about doing it all. You may not have the aura. You may not have the personality that that person is looking for. To approach them. Sometimes we're so filled with knowledge that we become so bold that we want to force ourselves on people, brothers and sisters. Maybe your job is to just plant the seed of curiosity and then leave it alone and let somebody else come in and plant the seed of confirmation or water the seed. Maybe. Let's finish reading. Paul said, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth and he that watereth are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Brothers and sisters, whether it is you or I, we are all part of the body of Jesus Christ. We are all part of the body. So if you did one thing and I did another and someone else did someone else, we are all one. We are all working for God, brothers and sisters. 
It says, now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So Jesus, as we said in the beginning, what we believe is our foundation. We believe that Jesus and Jesus alone is our Lord and Savior. And by him alone is where we gain salvation, brothers and sisters, through so I'm excited about this lesson. Let's move forward to the book of Ephesians, brothers and sisters. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, we're talking about the seed of curiosity. We're in the book of Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Ephesians, what better way to spend a Tuesday night, brothers and sisters, than spending an hour with God? That's all. If we can watch our favorite TV show, if we can go and work out, if we can spend eight hours at a job, we should be able to spend an hour. An hour with God, brothers and sisters. And, and, and it's not for his benefit. We're not doing him no favor. We are doing ourselves a favor, brothers and sisters, by studying this word of God. Ephesians, the fourth chapter. Everyone has a role to play and a job to do. This is like an assembly line. And the end of the line is salvation. Again, don't try to do it all. Do what the Spirit guides you to do and let God do the rest. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 12, and it reads, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called. Many are called, but only a few are chosen. Verse 2, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bound of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But, it, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Verse 9. Now, now that he ascended, what is it? but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. He that descended in the same also ascended up for above all heavens, that he might feel all things. Verse 11. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. Now, you are blessed if you are all those things, brothers and sisters, but everybody got a role to play. 
everyone, everyone has a function in the assembly line of the body of Christ. Verse 12, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's why you are teacher, for the perfecting of the saints. That's why you are an evangelist, for the work of the ministry. That's why you are uh, an apostle, a pastor, for the edifying of the body of Christ. It's all about the sheep, and it's all about Jesus, and it's all about how he wants to use you to feed his sheep. So a lot of us, you know, because we don't come up personally, we, we get offended. Like, man, I'm doing all this work, and, you know, I'm out here, and I'm sacrificing, and I'm studying, and I'm spending my Tuesday night, and, you know, man, I'm tired. I don't, I don't be wanting to do this every week, but God gave us a gift, and he gave us an assignment. And oftentimes, you may not, quote, unquote, benefit from it by the definition of the world of being what being successful is. But brothers and sisters, Jesus didn't come so that you could be successful in this world. He didn't say, I came to give you life that you may have it and have it more abundantly so you can have the kind of car you want, the kind of house you want it, the kind of job you want it. No, brothers and sisters, that life that he spoke about that he wanted us to have and more abundantly is everlasting life. And we can't get that life until this life is ended. So, yes, we got to take off this flesh and blood body, either be cremated or be buried or be changed. And then when Jesus comes, be resurrected into our spiritual body. And then we ain't got to worry about no more sickness and no more death and no more sorrow and no more pain, as the book of Revelation 21 and 4 says. The former things will have passed away. This is what we are striving for. This is what we are looking forward to. We are planting the seeds of salvation. Now, brothers and sisters, when you encounter those who have never heard of these things that are written in this book, like we're sharing this thing tonight, we're opening it up, we're reading it. We're not just giving you a sermon or a test, personal testimony or a life lesson. We are teaching the word of God as it is written in the book. A lot of times you don't get that in your houses of worship. They say, well, we're going to have our sermon today based on the scripture in the book of John, the fifth chapter, verses so-and-so and so-and-so. <clears throat> they read those verses, they close up the book, and then they start talking to you. And then when you leave that church, somebody asks you, well, what you learn today in church? You say, oh, well, God is good and he saves, and he's my Lord and Savior, and, and won't and ain't nothing he won't do for me. Well, you knew that before you went. What did you learn about the Word of God that's written inside of the book that you can tell somebody? Did you learn that there was more than one resurrection, as the book of Revelation, the 20th chapter says? That everybody ain't resurrected when Jesus comes back? That some of us got to wait a thousand years after Jesus comes back in order to be resurrected? Read it yourself. Revelation 20, 20 and 5. And the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. Did you read about the dietary law? Did you read about the Lord's feast days in the book of Leviticus, the 23rd chapter? 
Did you know those things were there? Did you know we had to keep those things? If you're not opening up the book and reading the book, brothers and sisters, all you're doing is being fed emotionally. And we leave our houses of worship on an emotional high. But we're not educated in what the Word of God says and what it teaches. So here on Tuesday and at the Israel of God Bible class on the Sabbath day on Saturdays, We educate people on the Word of God, what it teaches, what it says. We read the book. We read maybe about 20 or 30 scriptures. When was the last time you went to a house of worship on a Sunday and they read you 20 or 30 scriptures during the course of a lesson? It is about this Word. Personal testimonies are okay and they have their place. Sermons are okay and they have their place. But Jesus, when he went into the synagogue, he opened up the book to read the book because it is that, it is the word of God that gives you transforming power. You wonder why when you leave the church, you feel good for a minute, but by the time Monday come around, that same old spirit creeps up inside of you. Because you haven't been transformed by the renewing of your mind. It is only when you learn things, new things, these words, that's when you begin to renew your mind. So the Bible says, be ye not conformed, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. When The only way a mind can be renewed is if you put something inside of it. And that's why we read the Word of God. And that's why we ask you to follow the Word of God with us. Let's talk about planting the seed of confirmation. Receiving confirmation is the beginning stages of being pregnant with the truth. I'm going to say that again. Receiving confirmation is the beginning stages of being pregnant with the truth. Turn your Bibles to the book of Mark, the 16th chapter. The book of Mark, the 16th chapter. And again, brothers and sisters, we are taking you places that you are comfortable with and familiar with because we're planting seeds right now, okay? We are planting seeds right now. We're going to take you to some, some Old Testament scriptures or, or some scriptures in, in, in the uh, Old Testament in a minute. But again, we're planting some seeds right now. Sometimes we get discouraged. People are dying all around us right now with this coronavirus, and they're dying all around us with gun violence in Chicago. We've had over 24 babies shot, um, of many which were killed under 10 years old, 24 babies under 10 years old. It's discouraging. We don't know sometimes what to believe. We have been taught the wrong thing for so long that when God sent someone to you to teach you the truth, it starts shaking your foundation. You, well, you know, you, you can see it in people's face. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute. I ain't wait a minute now. That's when that foundation starts to get shaky because that foundation wasn't founded on truth. Let me tell you a story real quick. One day, truth and a lie went swimming together. And when truth or when lie saw truth in the water naked, lie went and put on truth's clothing. And now what we have is a naked truth trying to catch up with the well-dressed lie. But we got them tonight, brothers and sisters. 
on the Bible show Truth Hour, we are uncovering that lie, brothers and sisters, with the naked truth. We got them tonight, and we got them with the Word of God. Let's go to the book of Mark, the 16th chapter. Mark, the 16th chapter. See, this truth shakes you. It causes you to put up your guards. However, maybe by the second time you hear this truth, your guards begin to come down, and that's when the seed of confirmation is planted, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Mark 16, chapter, verses 14 through 20. Mark the 16th chapter, verses 14 through 20, and it reads, Afterward he appeared unto the eleven as they sat and at meat. And upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. See, even the disciples didn't believe, brothers and sisters. They didn't believe that Jesus was going to be resurrected from the dead. Many of them did not believe that. It says, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Again, what is the gospel? The gospel is the preaching of the coming of the kingdom of God. That's the gospel. I'm going to say it again. If anybody asks you what is the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ is one answer. And we all should be giving the same answer. It is the preaching of the coming of the kingdom of God. So when somebody says you're going to heaven, I want to go to heaven, you better get away from them, brothers and sisters. Because they're not preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. As a matter of fact, you're preaching the exact opposite of what Jesus said. Well, how am I going to be with the Lord forever? It says that absent from the body, present with the Lord. You're going to be present with the Lord is because the Lord is going to come to you. As it says in Revelations, the 21st uh, chapter. I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, um, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. So why are you preaching that you going up there when Jesus is preaching that what's up there is coming down here? That's when you start shaking that foundation, brothers and sisters. Let me finish reading at verse 16. He said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. So what you got to do, you got to be baptized. But he that believeth not shall be damned. That is the lake of fire. Verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. We're casting out devils right now, brothers and sisters. Every spirit that was put inside of you before you tuned into this show by Shaitan El-Akbar or Satan the devil, brothers and sisters, is being cast out by the word of God. He can't defend this. The devil can't win playing God's game. It says, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink... Any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. 
You got power, brothers and sisters, when you get into this covenant. When you fall under the blood of Jesus the Christ, when you become baptized, brothers and sisters, that's power. And can't nobody take that away, but you can allow it to be taken away. See, we give Satan too much credit. Satan don't have as much power as you are putting him up to have. He don't, brothers and sisters. You got more power than Satan got. All you got to do is resist him, and the Bible says he will flee. Let's go to Romans, the 10th chapter. Romans, the book of Romans, the 10th chapter. The book of Romans, the 10th chapter. We're talking about planting the seed of confirmation. Romans, the 10th chapter, brothers and sisters. And again, what we're reading now are letters that Paul wrote. To the Gentiles. The book of Romans is not scripture. The book of Romans is a letter that contains scriptures within it. So we have to understand and know what reading the book of Romans, the book of Ephesians, the book of First Corinthians, the book of Second Corinthians, these are letters, not scriptures. These are letters that contain scriptures within them. So let's make sure that we understand the word of God, brothers and sisters, when we read it, when we hear it, and when we see it. And we don't confuse it with commentary because there is commentary within this book also as well, brothers and sisters. All right? But God allowed it to be put there because his word overpowers anything that's in this book, brothers and sisters. So let's go ahead and read it. And that's why we say that, Yes, the Bible is not holy, because holy means pure, untouched, and untampered with. Yes, the Bible is not holy, but the word of God that is within the Bible is holy. And you've got to understand and know the difference between the two. The book of Romans, the 10th chapter, again, when you hear the truth, something happens to your spirit. It touches you in a way that it begins to trouble your spirit. Sometimes it shakes the very foundation of your faith or what you thought was your faith. But faith is based on solid ground. You will know it because you won't be able to defend a lie. But again, how does faith come? The book of Romans, the 10th chapter, how does faith come? Romans, the 10th chapter, verses 11 through 17. For the scripture says, whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. And that's why we said in the beginning of what we believe. We believe that salvation is for all people, brothers and sisters, through Jesus. Verse 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm going to rewind that. It said, all Israelites that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. No, brothers and sisters. It said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That even includes an Edomite or what's considered a so-called Jew. If one of them converts and one of them falls under the covenant, the blood of Jesus, he 
or she too shall be saved. Salvation is for all people. Verse 14, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah said, Lord, who have believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, not by motivational speeches, not by personal testimonies, not by sermons. It says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We got to open up the book. Ain't no way around it. It's too high to get over, too low to get under, and too wide to get around. You got to open up the book and read the word of God, brothers and sisters. That's where your faith comes from. You wonder how people could leave the church and then somebody cut them off and they cursing them out? They ain't got that word of God, brothers and sisters. They got a motivational speech. They left on an emotional high. Let's go to the book of First. Um, I'm sorry, not First Peter. Where are we at? Let's go to the book of. Let me see. The book of Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter. Second Corinthians, the fifth chapter. The goal is to save yourself while saving others in the process. But for what reason? To gain everlasting life and an eternity in God's kingdom. So not only do we have to have faith, we got to walk in it, brothers and sisters. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 7. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 7. 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verses 1 through 7. And it reads, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. So God, when, he, when Jesus, when he comes down, he brings his reward with him. And when we are born again, that means being resurrected. Born again don't mean that I found Jesus. I accepted him as my Lord and Savior. That's not being born again. Being born again, according to the Bible's definition of being born again, means that you are resurrected out of your grave or out of your ashes. And then you are clothed with a heavenly spiritual body. Just like Jesus was, brothers and sisters, when he was resurrected. You recognized him, who he was. He revealed himself unto us. But his body was not made out of the same thing that this body is made out of, this flesh and blood. Verse 3, if so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle, this flesh and blood body, do groan, being burdened, not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up 
of life. Absent from the body. Means being resurrected. Absent from the body. Present with the Lord. Now he that have wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also have given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in this body, we are absent from the Lord. We walk by faith, not by sight. So long as you are in this flesh and blood body, we absent from the Lord. Why, brothers and sisters? Because flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So once God brings his kingdom down to this earth, we can access it, but we can't access it with this flesh and blood body. I'm going to take a detour, Sister Key Israel. Let's go to John, the sixth chapter. Because we want to know when we're going to be with Jesus, absent from the body, present with the Lord. When are we going to be with him? When is that? Well, at the funeral, they say it's as soon as you die. My loved one is up in heaven looking down on me smiling. So as soon as they died, according to their theory, they went to heaven. The Bible doesn't say that, brothers and sisters. Jesus didn't even go to heaven when he died. Remember, he had to be put in the grave for three days and three nights. So how are you going to do something that Jesus did not do? So let's go to the book of John, the sixth chapter, and let's find out when we will be present with the Lord. And again, it ain't going to be in heaven. It's going to be in the kingdom of God here on earth. As Jesus said, thy kingdom come. As John said, I saw the holy new city, New Jerusalem, coming down um, from God out of heaven. So it's coming to this earth. But let's read, brothers and sisters, when these things will be. John, the sixth chapter, we're going to start at verse 38. John, the sixth chapter, verse 38. And we're going to read 38 through 44. And then we're going to jump to 44 to 54. John 38, John 6 and 38. Let's read what Jesus said. When are you going to be resurrected? When are we going to be present with the Lord? For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which have given me, which of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing but raise it up again at the last day. The last day ain't when you die, brothers and sisters. The last day is when Jesus returns. So where is your mama? Where is your grandmother? Where is your grandfather? Where is my 15-year-old son who passed away? They are all awaiting at least the return of Jesus, if they qualify to be in the first resurrection. Because the return of Jesus, again, is the last day. So I'm going to read that again. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up again at the last day. Verse 44 no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. So you couldn't go to Jesus if you wanted to. 
of your own self. The Father has to send you to Jesus. I'm going to read that again. Verse 44. No man can come to me, this is Jesus speaking, except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up again. Not as soon as they die, but at the last day. Verse 54. Whosoever eateth my flesh, that means open that book and read his word, and drinketh my blood, that means open that book and read his word, have eternal life, and I will raise him up again at the last day. So this is the Bible speaking. Does the Bible say something different from what your grandmama taught you? Does the Bible say something different from what you heard your pastor teach? I told my mother, brothers and sisters, if it comes down, mama, to the word of God and what it says versus what you have taught me, then I got to go with the word of God, mama. I got to go with the word of God. And that's how you have to be, brothers and sisters. You know, Jesus said that he was going to divide the mother-in-law against the daughter-in-law, the, 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 the father and the son, and it, the division was going to come through him, through him. And why? Because some people are going to be mistaught, and then when you are taught the truth, you're going to want to run and go and share with your grandmama, and the first thing you're going to say is, where you get that from? Oh, you going over there to the Israel of God? You in a cult. They in a cult. That's how people treated Jesus, brothers and sisters. When you want to go and share this word with your family and you're excited about the truth, and no, brothers and sisters, they're going to defend that lie that they've been told because the lie is associated with someone whom they love very much. So if you take that away from them, that lie is almost as if you're taking their loved one away from them. And that's why we have to be gentle with those whom we go and teach because you never know where they got their information from. That's why you want them to open up the Bible and read it themselves. Don't tell it to them. Go and show it to them and let them read it for themselves. Sister Key Israel, let me go one more place. Let's go to John, the eighth chapter. Again, Jesus said, I'm going to come and raise you up at the last day, absent from the body, present with the Lord. That's what it means. Let's go to John, the eighth chapter. So if you're preaching or someone preaching that you're going to go up there to be with the Lord, you got to plant these seeds of truth. Let's read what Jesus said. Jesus can I go with you, Jesus? Can I go with you to heaven? I know you went up there. You sitting at the right hand of the Father. Jesus, I just want to go with you. Can I go? John, the 8th chapter, verse 21. Let's put Jesus on the witness stand. Let's hear his answer to my question. Then said Jesus again unto them, I go my way, and you shall seek me and shall die in your sins. Where I go... You cannot come. Jesus said, where I go, you cannot come. Well, how are we going to be with the Lord? 
Because where he's at, brothers and sisters, he's going to bring it down to you. Let's take another detour. Revelations, the 21st chapter. Let's find out how we're going to be with the Lord forever. So shall we ever be with the Lord. How are we going to do that if we can't go to heaven, Brother Ice? And again, we're planting these seeds. I know you're curious. We planted the seeds of curiosity and a seed of confirmation. We might have to plant those other seeds next week and have a part two of this show, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Revelation, the 21st chapter. And we're going to read one through three, just three verses. And let's put the Bible on the witness stand. How are we going to be with the Son? How are we going to be with the Father if Jesus said we cannot go where he's going? We can't go to heaven. What's in heaven? The kingdom of God is in heaven. He said, in my father's house, there are many mansions. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. I'm preparing a place for you. Uh, check this out. I'm going somewhere. Revelations 21. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Verse 2. Here we go. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Who prepared it? Didn't Jesus say, I go to prepare a place for you? It was Jesus who prepared it. Verse 3, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. Where do men live? Men live on this earth. So if the tabernacle of God is with men, that, that means that the tabernacle of God will be on this earth. But it gets better. Check this out. And he, talking about God, will live with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them. God is coming to be with us. He's coming to be with us. If we were going to be with him, it would say it would say this. It would say, and they shall be his people, and we're going to be with God. But it didn't say that. It said, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And so, brothers and sisters, the Spirit led me to go in this direction and split this lesson in half because when you're planting these seeds, it is very important that you prove to people your ministry. We got to prove to people our ministry, brothers and sisters. And again, I have to still be obedient and I have to still be cognizant of what we taught at the beginning of the show, brothers and sisters. And at the beginning of the show, we talked about how this Bible must be taught between the Old Testament and the New Testament. So before I close out this show, I got to take you somewhere in the Scripture to give you some of this word in the Old Testament or in the Scripture because, again, I cannot break protocol. So let's go to the book of Ecclesiastics, the 10th chapter, I'm mean, sorry, the 12th chapter, the book of Ecclesiastics, the 12th chapter. And again, what do we do with this knowledge that we have? What is the purpose of it? Why do God want us to know it? 
What is the reason for it? What do what is our duty, brothers and sisters? Ecclesiastics. Let's go to the ninth chapter. And let's hear the whole conclusion of the reason why we exist on this earth in the first place. Ecclesiastics, the ninth chapter. We're going to start at verse 9. It says, and moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. It didn't say that he gave them a sermon. It didn't say that he gave them a, a, a personal testimony or, or a, a, a life lesson. He said he taught them knowledge. Where did he get the knowledge from? Out of the word of God. Yeah, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. The preacher sought to find out acceptable words. And that which was written was upright, even words of truth. The words of the wise are as gods and as nails fastened by masters of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. And further, by these, my son, be admonished of making many books, there is no end. And much study, much study, much study, brothers and sisters, is a weariness of the flesh. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. So for the people telling you, oh, we don't got to worry about that law no more. We ain't got to worry about keeping that no more. They sitting here telling you something that's contrary from what the Lord is telling you. He said the whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. That includes the Sabbath day for those who go and worship on Sunday. You got to keep that. So that means that you got to switch your day of worship from Sunday to Saturday. Oh, see, Black Eyes, see, I was with you up until that point. It it says that the whole duty of man is to feel God and keep his commandments. That means that you got to take that cross from off of your neck. Because the whole duty of man is to feel God and to keep his commandments. We'll close out with the commandments, brothers and sisters, because some of us may not know what they are. So let's close out with the commandments, and then next week we'll have part two. We're talking about water the seed, watering the seed, and preparing um, for harvest. Watering the seed and preparing for harvest. But if the Lord said the whole duty of man is to fear God and to keep his commandments, then let's find out what the commandments say we're supposed to be doing. And God spake all these words, Exodus, the 20th chapter. We're going to start at verse 1. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, which have brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no gods before me. Okay? That means that you got to do away with Christmas, because Christmas is the celebration of the god Horus and of the sun god. That means that you got to do away with Easter, because the goddess of Easter is Istarte, the sex goddess and the goddess of fertility. Type in your Google search engines yourself. Type in the goddess of Easter, brothers and sisters, and she will pop up. She's always a naked white woman with big breasts. That's your goddess of Easter right there, brothers and sisters. 
Isis or Ishtar. She's always represented as a naked woman with big breasts. So we got to do away with Easter. We got to do away with Christmas. We got to do away with New Year's. Because God says here in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt have no other gods beside me. Verse 4, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images, anything that's dealing with worship, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I am the Lord your God, I am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers unto the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. How do you get mercy from God? Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. You get the mercy by keeping the commandments of God. Let me read that again. And showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me, and keep my commandments. Verse 7, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. But wait a minute, verse 8, Remember the Sabbath, and remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of, of the Lord. In it thou shalt not do any work, you, nor your son, nor your daughter, your manservant, nor your maidservant, nor cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. Now, brothers and sisters, I know some of you, like me, work in the healthcare industry, and you work in places where it is mandatory for you to have a weekend schedule. Brothers and sisters, I'm not going to say anything different from what the Lord commands us to do, but brothers and sisters, the Lord is also a wise God and an understanding God. And Sister Key Israel and myself, for years we I had to work on Saturday because my job just wouldn't give me the Saturday off. Sister Key and I, Key Israel and I talked, and she said, "Ice, you know, I, I had a job, and you know, man, they they wanted me to work on Saturday, and I had to pray and explain to them that the the Saturday was my Sabbath day, and this was the day that I worshipped the Lord. And eventually, I got a job where I had the Sabbath day off, Saturday off. And she said, Brother Ice, just keep, you know, praying for it for nine years, brothers and sisters, or I'll say seven years." My boss told me that I'll never get Saturday off. You're going to upset some people. You, they, why, why should we give you Saturday off when other people don't have Saturday off? Then people are going to start asking for Sunday off so that they can go to church. You'll never get it. And I believed her. For seven years, I believed her. And it might have been maybe like, I mean, a little bit less than seven years. But I, nevertheless, I believed her that I couldn't get Saturday off. And then God stirred up in my spirit one day, write a letter to her boss. <laughs> I thank God so much that he made me a wordsmith. Y'all know I'm a poet. And it's just something about words that God gave me favor where I'm a writer, and, and, and he, he gave me the gift of words. 
I put that letter together so cold. I said, I am a member of the Israel of God Bible class in Riverdale, Illinois. We keep the Sabbath day. Um, <clears throat> I am an Israelite according to the Bible, and we uh, believe in Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, that we must keep the Sabbath day and the feast days of the Lord, and I am requesting that I have my Sabbath day off, which is on Saturday. I am willing to work any other day as a replacement of that day, but I need this particular day off. And then I went into the computer and I typed in um, religious, um, I forgot what it's called, but basically President Clinton had passed a law about religion, you know, them respecting your religion beliefs and whatever. And then I recited in the letter that particular law, that particular year it was passed, and that particular law. And I sent that off to my boss's boss, and I didn't think nothing of it. And I still doubted, and I said, they ain't going to give me no Saturday off. And so I saw my boss's boss walk in the hallway, and I said, hey, I sent you an email. You know, I'm waiting for your response. She said, yeah, I, I, I saw your email, and I'm going to respond to it. And there was another big wig. We call the big bosses big wigs. He was a Muslim. His name was Muhammad. He said, well, you, you know, if, if I give that to you, I'm going to have to make special uh, sessions for everybody else. So I'm like, man, if he think that way, I know the other lady going to think that way too. Well, one day I saw her. She said, did you ever look at your email? I responded to it. She had given me a response two months after I had seen her. I went into that email. I saw that she had approved me having every Saturday off, every Sabbath day off. And again, it had been approved two months before I even knew that it was already approved. So don't tell me what God can't do, brothers and sisters. If you have a sincere heart and he knows that you're walking in his direction, walking in his truth, walking towards his word, he will show you mercy, as the Bible says. He would reveal things unto you and open up doors for you. But let me continue reading. I'm sorry, my, bro my brothers and sisters. That was a praise report, and it was for your edification. It was for God's glorification. Now, that was a personal testimony, all right? <laughs> so we got a little bit of everything in tonight's show. Verse 10, um, but the seventh day is the Sabbath day of the Lord, and in it thou shalt do no work. You nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your manservant, nor your maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day. He ain't blessed Sunday. He said he blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. He sanctified it. He, he set it apart. So how did we become to go to church on Sunday? It was the Roman worshipers of the sun god. That's why that day is called Sunday. The Lord didn't name no day but one day, which was the Sabbath day. He numbered the days. He didn't name them. It was the Romans, brothers and sisters, who gave the names of the days of the week, the names that they are. And it was based on their gods. So the reason why you go to church on Sunday is because the Roman Emperor Constantine, who was a sun worshiper and eventually converted to Christianity, Roman Christianity, 
um, he worshipped the sun on that particular day, the first day of the week, which is why it is called Sunday, brothers and sisters. And again, we drop in this knowledge. <laughs> we drop in this knowledge so that you can have it, brothers and sisters. So Sunday was named after the sun by the Romans. Monday was named after the moon. Tuesday was named after the Norse god, Tyr, T-Y-R. Wednesday was named after Wooden. Now, I know you all know who Wooden is, right? You ever seen the movie Thor? Well, Wooden is Thor's father. So Wednesday is named after Thor's father, Wooden. And guess who Thursday is named after? Thursday is named after his son, Thor. Friday is named after um, Wooden's wife. Frigg, every word that begins with F-R-I, the etymology of the root of every word that begins with F-R-I means love. Okay? The word friends begins with F-R. It means love. It means those type of things. And Saturday, of course, was named after Saturn. Okay? That was Saturn's day. So, again, the Lord only named one day of the week, which was the Sabbath day, which is from Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. And, again, the reason why we go to church on Sunday today, for those who still do, is because the sun worshippers worship the sun on the first day of the week, and that's the day that they set aside. So they changed the Lord's Sabbath day from Saturday to Sunday. But again, one day truth and a lie went swimming together. And when lie saw truth in the water naked, lie went and put on truth's clothing. And now we have a naked truth catching up and taking the clothes off of that well-dressed lie. Brothers and sisters, this has been part one of planting the seeds of salvation. I thank you so much for watching. I thank you so much for listening. And we will end this with a prayer as we normally do. But before we do our prayer, I want to thank our YouTube listeners for watching and listening to tonight's episode of the Bible, the Bible Class Truth Hour, the Bible Show Truth Hour, our lesson today is part one, planting the seeds of salvation. Now, if you're on Facebook, YouTube, go and like our Facebook page, the Truth Hour Bible Show. And if you are on YouTube Facebook followers, then go and like our and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Truth Hour TV. And if you would like to be added to our text message invite reminder list, then text your name. And the keywords Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. Again, text your name and the keywords Truth Hour to 312-719-7310. Somebody put that Team Truth Hour. Somebody put that in the comment section. And um, if you would like to be a member of our online Bible ministry, Team Truth Hour, then reach out to Sister Key Israel, myself, or any of the members of Team Truth Hour. We would love to have you. We would love your help in getting this word out, brothers and sisters. Um, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. All right? Thank you so much uh, for tuning in, um, YouTube. 
please share this lesson and leave a comment. Now, for those who are on Facebook Live, we thank you for tuning in. We want to get ready to share um, this lesson and invite people, start your own watch parties. However, I want to stand up, face the east, and we're going to pray this thing out, all right? So let's do that and thank God for such a wonderful reading of his word today. Father God, we thank you once again for allowing us to come before you on this platform, Truth Hour, Father God. We ask that you bless all of your ministries that are out there teaching the truth, Father God. Bless our senior pastor, Brother Bowie, the Israel of God, Father God. Bless this knowledge, your word. Soften the hearts of our people, Father God. Allow their guards to be let down so that they can receive the truth of your word, Father God. We know that the whole duty of man is to fear you and to keep your commandments, Father God. Give us the strength and the will to do so, Father God. We pray and ask that everyone who was watching and listening was edified and that you were glorified in tonight's lesson, Father God. We ask these things through your son, Jesus, Yeshua name. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, again, we thank you for watching. We thank you for listening to tonight's show. And uh, I am just excited and elated. Um, I don't think that we've ever done a part one and a part two of this particular lesson, Planting the Seeds of Salvation. But um, we did a part one and a part two tonight. That means that God had filled our cup tonight. And our cup ran over tonight. And so since it ran over, we're going to continue this on next week as we do part two of Planting the Seeds of Salvation. Thank you so much. God bless each and every one of you in Jesus' name. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.